Thanks for checking out the YVF podcast today. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are loved. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you in whatever season of life you're in. Now here's Pastor Kevin. Well, good morning. Um, For those of you that are fairly new or have not had a really great chance for me to introduce myself to you, my name is Cassidy Miller. Um, I have been a member of this church for about seven years. Um, I've served on the worship team previously. I've served in children's ministry as well. Um, And this past August, I actually started school at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, Illinois. And the church was a super big help in um, just supporting me and going. So Kevin asked me to come and share with you guys a little bit about that. So... I'm just going to kind of go give you a quick disclaimer. It's my first time speaking from the church like this, and I have ADHD, so bear with me a little bit, Um, (laughs) and we should be good to go. Um, So my degree that I'm getting is a biblical studies degree with an emphasis in music. Basically, it's going to prepare me for a number of facets of ministry uh, while still giving me a really strong background in music just to kind of help everything that I'm doing up here. Um, I'm going to go over a couple different things today. I'm, in order for me to actually tell this story correctly, we have to back up a little bit, and I'm actually going to be sharing a part of my testimony with you guys today. Um, and then I'll go ahead and get into school and my church there and everything that's going on. Um, it's not necessarily going to be like a sermon type thing, but definitely more of like a testimony type thing. Just a heads up. So. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So to start out, I'm actually going to go ahead and read through Psalm 73, and then we will pray. Okay. So it says, and I'm using the um, NASB version. Um, So it says, God is certainly good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant, as I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there there are no pains in their death, and their belly is fat. They are not in trouble like other people, nor are they tormented together with the rest of mankind. Therefore, arrogance is their necklace, the garment of violence covers them, their eye bulges from fatness, the imaginations of their heart overflow. They mock the wicked or wickedly and speak of oppression, and they speak from on high. They have set their mouth against heaven, and their tongue parades through the earth. Therefore, his people return here, and abundant waters are drunk by them. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge of the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked, and always at ease they have increased in wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence. For I have been stricken all day long. The punished are punished every morning. If I had said, I will speak this way, behold, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. When I thought of this, of understanding this, it was troublesome in my sight until I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived their end. You indeed put them on slippery ground. You dropped them into ruin. How they are destroyed in a moment. They are utterly swept away by sudden terrors. Like a dream when one awakes, the Lord, when stirred, you will despise their image. When my heart was embittered and I was pierced within, 
Then I was stupid and ignorant. I was like an animal before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You have taken a hold of my right hand. You will guide me with your plan, and afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom do I have in heaven but you? And with you I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you will perish, and you have destroyed all those who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, the nearness of God is good for me. I have made the Lord my God my refuge, so that I may tell of your works. Father, I just ask that you bless the words that I'm about to speak, and you help just reach whoever needs to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. So I read Psalm 73 because it is very, very similar to um, actually my testimony. So when I was about 12, I mean, even before that, my, my family had kind of been in church, but not really. So I knew of God. I knew of Jesus, but I didn't really know him. And I honestly thought that, like, we were like little puppets, like God controlled from the heavens. So whenever I would get in trouble, I'd be really confused and be like, dude, what the heck? Why did you make me do that? Not realizing that that's not actually how it works. Um, eventually, I learned. <laughs> um, when I was about 12, I came to actually know and see Christ. Uh, my stepmom had been introduced to him um, actually through Shalene, and she came home, and I don't remember why, I just asked her about it, and she told me about it, and it was just like, okay, that is what I want. That, that's, that's it. And went through a few highs and lows with that, but basically it was just me and Jesus, and we called it good. Um, so fast forward a few years, I was about 15, and... I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. And everybody and their brother, of course, is asking because you're in high school and you have to get ready to go to college and you have to figure out what you're doing. And I had no idea. So I remember praying about it a lot and I remember standing in my room and God told me that he was like, hey, you're going to go into ministry. That's what I want you to do. I want you to go into ministry. And I was like, okay. And there was just this weird understanding that like, in order for me to do that, the first thing I had to do was go to Bible college. I don't know why. It was just like, Okay, light bulb, cool. Um, <laughs> so I spent the next about three years um, searching for a school that I actually could get behind. So I looked into all these kinds of programs, all these different options, and I found a few that were really great options. I actually almost went to a different school. But my biggest problem is I could never find a school that actually told me what they believed about basic, basic core Christian things, and they could never tell me why they believed these things because they would word it in a way that what they were saying would get lost in translation. So I struggled with that. Um, my, by the time I got to my senior year of high school, I realized I can't pay for college, and I don't know how I'm even going to leave Yearington, and during this time, I had started homeschooling, and through that, God actually started changing my theology very slowly, very carefully, and subtly. And there's a moment where I'm listening to my Bible teacher, and I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know if I fully agree with what he's saying. And then I ended up watching this movie called American Gospel, and I went, oh my gosh, everything I've ever believed about God is wrong. Because everything that I was struggling with believing inside my Bible class is now being confirmed 
by pastors and preachers that I know are respected and I know know what they're talking about. So I did what just about every 18-year-old does. I moved out after graduation and I panicked and just kind of started living life however it happened. And that was not obviously the best thing to do, but that's what I did. And I honestly didn't know what God had for me anymore. I had forgotten what he had told me at 15 and just assumed that, you know, whatever, I'm crazy, I'll figure it out at some point. Went through a really rough two years of really struggling in my faith, was not in a healthy relationship, and didn't really know what I wanted. So last August, as many of you know, my family started going through a very difficult time. Um, my dad and my stepmom had separated, and literally the day after, I uh, started just like a domino effect of crazy. Um, I ended up in total losing two grandmothers in 10 days. When we finished those funerals, we had lost a few more family members from one of the sides, including one of my great-grandmothers. And it literally, it felt like it was never ending. Never ending. And I, in the midst of all of this, decided that I was still going to start school like I had planned. So I had started going to college online through TMCC and ended up reaching out to a friend of mine about October-ish who was, who was currently going to Moody. He's going to be graduating in the spring. And he was telling me about the schools. We're like catching up. And I'm asking him questions about school, about TMCC, and about how his school's going. And I'm like, wow, this place sounds kind of cool. We end up losing touch again, and I don't think about it. And on December 28th, I remember the day because it totally tripped me up. I read a quote from Paul Washer, and I realized that I knew what God had been doing. And I realized there's a problem when a two-sentence quote means more than a 30-minute sermon that I'm being sent. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I just need to figure this out. So I end up starting to just completely listen to different people and actually really delve into, okay, what is Reformed theology? What is this thing that basic Christians believe? What is this thing that our church follows? I don't, I, I want to understand it better. So as I was doing that, God was like, hey, you should look into Moody. And I was like, funny, it's going to be like three years, but whatever. So I start looking into it just because I'm like, you know what, why not? And I did it in a different order this time because now I knew what I was thinking before was wrong. I couldn't pinpoint what was wrong with what these schools were talking about before. Now I can pinpoint it. So the first place I went, instead of looking into their degree programs, I actually went and looked into their doctrines. What do they believe? Because what the school believes means that this is what the teachers believe, what the, what the professors believe, which means this is what they're going to teach. And if this school, if I can't back that, then why on earth would I consider going? So I look, and I was like, oh my gosh. They're spelling out everything that they believe, everything on core doctrines, everything on... Um, hot Christian topics, hot secular topics, and they have scripture to back everything. And it's not like just one random verse pulled out of context. We're talking 10 to 12 sections of scripture used in context for every single item. It took me like a week and a half to get through all of this. And I didn't even have time to look through every piece. But it was like, okay, that's fine. So I ended up looking into four different degree plans and knew because of the degree plans I was looking at, I had to go in person. Three of them were music degrees, and one of them was children and family ministries, uh, but I was more looking at the music degrees. And 
ended up um, ending my relationship during that time as well as I was looking into all of this. And a couple weeks later, God was like, I'm sitting literally right there. <laughs> and Kevin's praying to end service, and he's like, all right, buy plane tickets. Fly to Chicago. And I was like, you're crazy. We're going to pray about this. Asked for a prayer from the worship team. Almost didn't go. Almost didn't go. Was convinced. I was like, you know what? It's going to be a few years. It's really, I should just wait. And the, that was a Saturday. It was like a month after God had originally told me. And I was like, I'm not going to go. And sitting there again, Kevin's the same exact thing. Kevin is praying the end of service. And God said, I didn't tell you why. I also didn't tell you when yet. I said to buy plane tickets and show up. All right. Well, cool. I guess I'll be speaking to my pastors because <laughs> I feel crazy. And reached out to them that night and asked them to set up a meeting with me. And when I did that, couldn't sleep because I kept thinking about it. I just could not sleep. So I ended up watching this random sermon at 2 o'clock in the morning um, from um, John MacArthur. And it just ironically is on Acts 8 in the Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And as most of us know in this room, the Spirit tells him to go out to the desert. And he gets taken to another place, is able to explain to this eunuch that's reading through Isaiah the story of salvation from the Old Testament and how it was fulfilled in Christ and gets him saved and baptized. And then he just popped back in the desert. And I'm like, funny. <laughs> okay. So, and literally, I am that kind of person that I'm like, God, please make it stupid, obvious, because I'm kind of stubborn and I don't always like to see. So I was like, all right, well, that's interesting. And then I go into this Bible study, and I had been struggling with this Bible study and really not feeling like I was benefiting from it spiritually. So I was like, whatever, it's Tuesday. I'm meeting with Kevin and Tanya later. I'm just going to blow through the entire week now before I go to work. <laughs> so I did. And it was on John 10, and the entire scripture is about how Jesus knows his sheep, or God knows his sheep, and we know the shepherd, and he's not going to give us a false voice. He's not going to lead us astray because he's God and he's faithful in that. And one of the backup verses is like, hey, by the way, you're justified in God whenever he tells you to do something, so you need to listen. And I was like, all right, well, that's pretty clear. So I was basically set on going at this point but still plan to meet with Kevin and Tanya in my lunch. And when I tell you that normally my meetings with Kevin and Tanya run long, I was in half an hour late from lunch one time getting back to work. My boss was calling me and texting to make sure I didn't die. This was the shortest meeting I've ever had with them, and it totally threw me off. As I show up and I was like, hey, here's everything that's going on. I feel like I'm insane. Tell me I'm crazy. And they literally looked at each other, smiled, and they're like, go. You're 20, you don't have kids, you're not married, go, go live your life. And I was like, that was not what you were supposed to tell me. <laughs> okay, so I guess I'm going. And it was just absolutely crazy. And Kevin was like, even, he's like, why would you even go? I was like, the only reason I can think is for this random school I've never heard of before until a few months ago. And he was like, what school is it? And I found this Moody Bible Institute. And he was like, go. That is Ivy League level. If you can visit there, go. I would love for you to go there. Okay, I guess I'm going to go. And I went, and I am not, like, I'd never traveled on my own before. I had absolutely nobody with me. I packed my bags and hopped on a plane, and I also don't like cities or big crowds of people. 
And I got there, and it was so peaceful. Like, I'm walking around. My Airbnbs locked me out. I'm in leggings and a thin sweatshirt, and it's snowing in 32 degrees. And I'm like, all right, God, we're just going to go figure this out because I need to sleep somewhere. And end up having a hotel room that was ready for me. And I got help from a really random spot and was able to finally get into my Airbnb. And I went on campus, and I was there for an hour and a half. And as I'm sitting there in Dreyer Auditorium listening to one of the professors um, do an overview of what Old Testament survey is, I was just like, here, this, this is where I need to be. And God was like, exactly, so glad you came to that realization finally. Um, so this is the degree program you're going to go and get. <laughs> and I was like, all right, hey, we're doing this. And I had a great time, and it literally the only day it was clear was the day that I was visiting campus. So I got to go and explore the city a little bit with some of the students, so I wasn't alone. And then Saturday, I walked around a little bit in the rain and the hail. And then um, I'm like, all right, awesome. This is spring in Chicago. Cool. And ended up getting on my plane and flying back home, and I didn't have anxiety at all, which was not normal. I was completely at peace. Even when I was walking around Chicago by myself through the day, I even, you know, 1230 at night, I was perfectly fine. It's, it was just like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. It's not that big of a deal for me. So I come back, and I had already actually started two applications for Moody. I started a fall 2022, even though the deadline was supposed to be closed. And I started a spring 2023 just in case. And I had all of, like my references lined up and I had sent some of those off and I met with Kevin and Tanya and I was like, all right, this is how my trip went. This is how awesome it was. I'm so excited. I can't wait to go. I really want to go, but I need a pastoral reference. And they're like, oh, of course, like that's not going to be a problem. So as we're talking about it, they're looking at me and they're just like, hey, like you're going to get in. It's going to be fine. And I'm like, baby, it won't. <laughs> Deadline's closing, and I know that it's like 98% acceptance, but I'm probably going to be a part of that 2% that doesn't get to make it. You know, <laughs> it's just family history. Um, so I get everything submitted, and somehow my emails get messed up, and I don't get any emails for anything. I still don't know how that happened. But I, while I was on campus, I met with um, one of the admissions counselors, who ironically is from LA. So I was like, hey, cool, I'm not the only one from the West Coast here. And we had talked about it because I was like, how am I going to pay for this? It's 30 grand a year. And he was like, actually, it's going to be closer to like seven because we, we have donors that pay for your tuition. So you have to pay for room and board. And I was like, oh my gosh, awesome. And um, we had, I left him with my phone number to make sure that, you know, if, he, that if anything popped up on my applications, he could let me know. And I'm on my lunch in my apartment and I get a text message and it's from my academic here from my um, admissions advisor and he's like Cassidy you've got in you need to call as soon as possible and pay this placement hold literally like before next week starts to hold your spot and I <laughs> I called my boss first Tried to call my mom, she wasn't answering, so I called my boss because he had been waiting. He had told me before I left, you're not going to come back and tell me you're leaving me, are you? And I said, I can't guarantee anything. So I called him and I was like, I got in, I'm moving. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you my notice as soon as I know when I'm leaving. So call my parents, 
everybody and let them know that I got in. And I moved out of my apartment that I'd been living in for two years. I moved out in two weeks. Scrubbed the entire thing, top to bottom. And I moved back in with my mom and my stepdad and got ready to go. And I was finally able to get there. And we went a couple days early, and Patrick and I got to just the two of us. It was our first trip we've done, just the two of us, so I was super excited. But we got to just explore the city a little bit before classes started and get me moved in. And it has been absolutely amazing ever since. Um, so I actually ended up doing a couple things that were a little crazy. Um, can you go ahead and put up the first photo for me? So I'm going to show you guys a little bit around campus. Um, this is a part of the plaza. That is the clock tower building, and the actual physical building that's in there is the Alumni Student Center. We have the commons in there, which serves food. It's a great place to study. The SDR is downstairs in the basement, and upstairs we have a coffee shop that um, is owned and run by students. SDR is student dining room, sorry. <laughs> um, go ahead and go to the next one. Um, this is actually looking, um, I was walking back to campus when I took this picture. That is Colby Hall, or Colbert's, Colbertson Hall. This is the male dorms. Colby 1 um, doesn't have any male dorms on it, though. They start, um, they've got, it starts on like 3, I think. But it's, uh, they call it the Great Room, apparently. No one ever calls it that on campus. We call it Colby 1. But they have a giant space for students to go and work that's open 24-7. They have uh, rooms for students to go in and work on projects and things like that. They also have a number of prayer rooms and they're available for students 24-7 and they also have a second, uh, like a secondary chapel in there that you can um, use during certain times as well. And then on Colby 2, we've got basically what we call it Moody Central. If you need something and you're having a problem, you go to Colby 2 and bother them. Um, so there's a lot that happens in that building. And then the little tiny building behind it, you can see, that's shorter. That's where I live. That's Houghton Hall. And I'm actually living on the very top floor on the other side. So, um, but yeah, so we'll go ahead and go to the next picture. This is another photo. This is Colby and then part of Houghton as well, looking over the plaza. Um, this was actually taken from um, Alumni Student Center floor two. Um, I'm up there kind of a lot with my friends. I bounce between there and Colby, or Colby one a lot to do homework and stuff. Um, so then we're going to go ahead and skip to the next one. I've taken a number of classes. This is me. My boyfriend decided to take a picture of me because my, uh, my prof for this class asked me to help with some of the music that we were doing once a week. So I learned the music for it and was really nervous. So he decides, I'm going to take a bunch of pictures and threaten to send it to my mom. And I'm like, oh, OK. Um, but I had a great time in my classes. Old Testament survey was amazing. That's one um, that I had. It's a requirement for all freshmen. I had it with a different prof this year. I had to take music theory one, which made like collectively made us cry. There's like 15 of us in there, and we're like joking about getting therapy plans for group therapy after some of our tests. Like, <laughs> no joke. Um, but we had a fantastic time in there overall. Uh, this class actually is one of my favorite classes. This is my spiritual life and community class. We call it Slick. My professor in there, his name is Dr. John Mavis, and he actually just took over the pastoral department this last semester, and he's amazing. 
amazing, amazing man, and really that class, I think out of every other class I was in, really impacted me the most. We spent the entire semester talking about how to build healthy community and talking about prayer and how to increase that. And such an amazing man. I cannot wait to take another class with him. I'm bummed I don't have him next semester. But it was so crazy how God used that. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more uh, going on later. Um, let's go ahead and skip over to the next one. So this was my uh, Practical Christian Ministry group this past semester. Um, our Practical Christian Ministry is an outreach program that we have. It is a graduation requirement. We take time out of our weeks uh, once a week, and we go to different places in the city, um, typically in groups of minimum two or three. Um, I've seen groups larger, um, up to larger levels of six or seven. My group only has three people. It was just the, we all have glasses, but the middle guy in the gray sweatshirt, that's Henry. Um, he is in um, my little, like, it's called the brosis. It's like our little, like, guy floor, girl floor pair-up thing that we are in. Um, that they pair everybody so you have a group of people that someone knows the city and someone is older and knows where they're going, so you're not alone. So he was in that, so we, um, it was just him and I for a while, and then um, Ronnie on the very end in the black got to join us, and Ronnie's actually in my music theory class, so it was really nice to be able to spend time with these guys and get to know them. I'm actually switching groups because my uh, PCM day is changing, um, and I'm a little bit bummed about that because we had a lot of great fun. Um, so I ended up being the leader of our group because we're all freshmen. And they were like, I have no idea what we're doing. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to navigate. That's a scary thing for me to do, <laughs> but whatever. So I ended up taking that over. That was our first meeting with Henry as a part of our group. Or no, sorry, not Henry, but Ronnie as a part of our group. And it was just a lot of fun. Uh, for PCM, we go to um, a new life center in Humboldt Park. And we get to help students after school. So they have, it's kindergarten up to eighth grade. And I actually work with kindergarteners. And I have a great time with them. It's very similar to the after school program that we had at our church for a few years. So for me, it was like stepping into nothing. Um, it was really, really awesome. Really love getting to know the kids. And it was so funny because every time there was a kid that I was like, dude, I'm going to have problems with this child. For some reason, I don't know why, they would always come and like spend more time with me and I would get to know them more. And then they'd be like, okay, I, I'm starting to understand more why you're struggling in these areas, why you're acting out. And it has been such a blessing. And the ironic part is a couple girls on my floor that are also freshmen go to the same PCM on different days and work with the same group of kids. So we were able to sit down at one time when we realized this and like the three of us are talking about how just the PCM has run these different kids and, you know, like, how do we help this child that is very obviously autistic? How, how do we figure out, you know, I don't, you know, do the parents actually have the resources that they need? You know, you know, how do we, who do we talk to about that? And um, super, super amazing, amazing time there. We just uh, did the Christmas party as well, not that long ago, um, in early December. And it's, they don't do these things just for their groups. This is a very, it is through one of the churches there. It's actually an old Lutheran church that New Life uh, Church came in and adopted and made in a, a second or another location. And these events that they do, we also did a Halloween party and they're a community event. 
they close the center that day, they set the entire thing up and they invite all the families, they feed them and they're just like, hey, come in, come join us, let us bless you. And a number, it's because a number of these families are a part of the church. A number of these families don't necessarily have everything that they need. It's a very, um, the crime rate isn't super high through there. Um, it's a little bit higher than where the school is at, but it's primarily a low-income area. There's not a lot there. Um, it's primarily uh, black and Puerto Ricans that live in Humboldt Park. And um, it was very interesting learning, basically, you know, it was a really nice neighborhood, and then some of these people started moving in, and all the white people left and just abandoned everything. So that's part of the reason why New Life wanted to start there is because the building we're in used to be a church. Or it, it's, they're still using the church for it, but it also they used to have a school there as well. And so they're like, hey, let's just take it all over, and let's use it to continue what God is doing in this neighborhood and continue blessing the community. And it has been such an amazing experience um, getting to know these kids that come from such a different background than I've ever dealt with. Like these little six-year-olds are telling me things and I'm like, I don't even know how to handle that. I didn't know what that was until I was 16 years old. So, all right, we're gonna <laughs> move on. But yeah, it was, it was a very, very interesting thing to go through. Go ahead and go to the next one. So these are some members of uh, my corral that I'm in. It is the choir on campus. Um, so this guy in the far corner up in the top, that is Dr. Maddox. He does my lecture portion for music theory one and two. So I'll have him again next semester and I'm super excited. Um, he's also going to be helping me with my piano lessons next semester. Um, the peace sign guy in the back, that is Dr. Kim. He, that man has more degrees than a thermometer and he is a genius. He is our chorale director, and he also does the lab portion of our music theory one and two. Um, so getting to know him has been so much fun. He is very, very, very smart and can think of a million different ways to explain things to help us um, just really learn how to sing properly. Um, and then we've got the shorter gentleman with the gray hair. That's Dr. Gager. He is in charge of the worship collectives. He also helps get a lot of the lessons set up. So like for someone's an orchestra and they don't have a normal instrument that we have someone on campus for, if it's something that's a little bit more out there, he finds somewhere else for someone to go get lessons. So then we've got my friends that are in this photo. Um, the gentleman next to me is Josiah. His dad is actually going to be my New Testament prof next semester. He's a tenor. And then both of the ladies next to me, um, the one with the glasses and the blue shirt, her name is Danny. She is also an alto, and she's actually on my floor. Um, so she's super sweet, and I absolutely love her. And then my friend Rose is on the other side. She is a missionary kid from Romania. Um, and she's also in an alto, too, as well. I actually sit next to her in Corral, and I very much love her. We've gotten taken some time and got to know each other, and I do very much appreciate and love her friendship so much. Go ahead and go to the next photo. A few more friends from Corral. Um, the really long-haired girl is Rachel. She's amazing. I love her. She is actually my neighbor in my dorm, and we're going to be rooming together um, for our tours that are coming up next semester. And then I have Sarah on the other side of me. Um, Rachel's a soprano, so she sings really high and is on the other end of the choir. And then um, Sarah is also an alto with me. And they're just very, very sweet. 
Very, very sweet people. So while I'm talking about Corral, let's go ahead and go to the next photos. This is from our Christmas concert. It's called Candlelight Carol. The entire music department gets together and puts on this like two-hour show along with um, Ad Vitam. They're like the drama department kind of a thing. So I have a few photos for you. Um, and if you guys want the link to that, it is on YouTube now. If you want the link to watch that, let me or someone at the church know and we will get that to you. Um, I still have not seen all of it, so I need to do that anyways. So this is from our chorale performance there. And then go ahead and go to the next slide. We had a few, um, actually a number of pieces that were mixed. So we had the chorale, the gospel choir, and both worship collectives with us um, doing these, this giant concert with a bunch of songs. And then go to the next one. And as you can see in this one better, up in the top, you can see that's where we were doing the drama portion. So this whole drama, they were taking direct scripture and speaking it, and they were telling, using that to tell the story of um, Jesus' birth. And it's, it was so crazy to see and to watch, and it just it turned Tory Gray, where we have our chapels, into such a beautiful, beautiful space, and it was amazing, amazing. Um, so one of the other changes that happened while I was there happened fairly early on. Um, I am actually not rooming with my original roommate currently. Um, there was, I ended up being told about this girl that needed a roommate due to some medical issues but was not able to ask someone to be her roommate. And I was like, all right, well... I'm going to pray about that because, you know, I'm hearing about it in class. And initially I was like, ooh, I should go, but I don't want to move floors, so maybe I won't. And then had um, someone else tell me about her. Actually, it was my boyfriend before we were dating. But he told me about her as we were walking to church one morning. That, you know, he's like, no, I just met this girl, and I'm really burdened for her. And he's telling me her story. And I was like, God's like, I told you, you need to move in with her. I'm like, Okay. Prayed about it through the entire sermon, barely paid attention to it, and ended up reaching out to her because I found out she's on my floor. And she's like four or five doors down. Um, go ahead with the next photo. And so this is my new roommate. Her name is Mira. Um, she um, has um, a, like a headache disorder that can be kind of scary at times, but she's doing a really good job at just taking care of herself and managing that. And literally, I was like, all right, I'm going to move in with you. And for her, it was just so that she wasn't alone. Because God forbid something happens, we need to call somebody. And we have formulated a very sweet friendship. Um, and it's very, her parents have been more than generous to me through all of this. They helped me. We moved in over Labor Day weekend. So they helped me move from my other dorm into my new one. And we were able to really just make this space our own and just actually enjoy each other and she's super excited as an only child to finally have like an older sister type and it's been a very very fun experience for both of us overall um, go ahead and go to the next slide this is again another photo with my friend Rachel I love her so much she's awesome and just getting to know her has been super super amazing and just being able to sit she was one of the first people that I was like yeah let's sit down and just talk and we did it at like 12:30 at night or in the morning I guess you could say and we sat there in our lounge eating nasty McDonald's fries that we had walked back after the beach and just sat there and talked and um, 
yeah, just really got to enjoy getting to know each other and we, yeah, we hang out, I hang out. She's actually dating Henry that's in my PCM, so the four of us hang out all the time and I absolutely love and adore her. Next photo. Um, in October, um, I got to go to a conference at my boyfriend's church. My boyfriend is the guy in the middle next to me um, with the darker hair. And then we got to take a bunch of our friends with us. So his parents paid for everybody to take the train to his house in northern Indiana. And they had us all go to their church because Christopher Yuhan, who is an amazing, amazing speaker, has an amazing testimony, spoke that morning sharing his testimony and then did classes after in the afternoon. And Christopher Yuhan was actually a Moody professor for 12 years. So we were all like, dude, we're going because we don't get to see him or hear him speak anymore. And he took us through an amazing crash course on basically how does homosexuality fit within the Bible? And how, as Christians, do we handle that? And we got to hear his amazing testimony of being a homosexual man, coming to Christ. Um, and his mom was there also, and just explaining her said how she was praying for him for years. And it was such a, such an amazing time um, for us. It was an amazing time for his brothers. And of course, I got to hang out with these super awesome people up here that I'm still friends with. Um, so starting from the uh, right side, going over to the left, we've got my friend John. He's actually from Reno. There's only four Nevadans on campus, and he's one of them. Um, <laughs> and then next to him is my friend Marina. She is also another very dear friend of mine. We literally met two days before this trip. I walked into Joe's, which is our coffee shop, and sat down and started talking with them. Didn't even know her name, and I was like, oh, you want to put you on the list? You can totally come. We've got space for you. So, and then, yeah, that's, that's how that happened, and we've really hit it off. She's such a, such a sweet person, and... Um, he became a very dear friend of mine, one of my closer friends on campus for sure. And then we have my boyfriend Solomon in the middle, me, and then we have my friend Josie, and she's awesome, I love her. Like, that girl don't put up with anything and it is comical. And then on the very end we have my friend Sydney, and since like week two, we have collectively kind of made fun of my boyfriend because he struggles with grammar a little bit. So we'll like read through and check his papers and we're like, how did you do this? <laughs> like, <laughs> how, did you, how did you go from literally first person, second person, third person, then back to present tense? Like, so we kind of make fun of him a little bit. Um, we can go to the next slide, but it was a lot of fun. This is another photo from um, the trip. Christopher Johans in the middle in the green. We took a picture with all of the Moody alum that are in his church. So every other member there that's standing with us, they are all Moody alumni that have gone at some point. Um, and like, it's such a cool thing that we got to do because there are so many people there. And on the very end on the right side is Rich. That is actually the youth pastor there and um, actually inspired my boyfriend to go to Moody. And it was just such a crazy experience talking with them about their experience there, how they enjoyed it and just how it's changed over the years and talking with Christopher Yuhan about like, okay, like how do we handle, we have chapel speakers coming in that, you know, or we want someone to come in for chapel and just how do we navigate these changes that have happened over the years because everything changes. And it was such an, like just a huge, huge blessing for us to really go through and see that. I'm gonna go to the next one. So I mentioned before we have this thing called a brosis and it has to do with our floors. 
every female floor is paired with a male floor so you have a community of people and you're never walking alone. They are very, Moody is huge on safety, especially for girls walking off campus. So that's why we have that. <clears throat> I don't typically participate in mybrosis. Mybrosis is the largest brosis on campus. We have 102 active members, and that's a lot. And especially when we all try to sit down at the same time for dinner, I can't handle that. I've become very introverted over the last few years. So I actually started do, um, participating more with my boyfriend's brosis. They ironically have the smallest brosis on campus, and there's like maybe 60 people, and it's lovely. Um, so this is from one of the intramural games that we did for volleyball. Um, we did ultimate frisbee to start. Volleyball is the one that we just got done with, and intramurals are just so fun. We're just everybody's playing against each other. There's a whole championship. Winners do get a T-shirt, <laughs> and whatever brosis is there, you literally you battle each other, and it's so awesome. And it was really just a sweet bonding time. I personally don't play because I don't sport. Um, so I was sitting up in the track on top taking pictures of the games for them. Um, but this is one of the games that they had. I'm not sure which ones they've got coming up in the spring, but we, I think they also did like flag football. Um, but that has been so awesome. So I'm going to explain a little bit more about my boyfriend, as I'm sure some of you have seen. Go ahead and go to the next slide. Um, this was on one of our first dates. He took me to the orchestra because I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> one of our friends uh, from Brazil told us about it. He was like, yeah, I'm going to go, and I'm going to watch Amadeus. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited. I hope I get to go. So we ended up, he ended up asking me out, and so we went. It was super sweet, but I met him on the third day of school, and I didn't like him. We argued for 20 minutes the first time we met, um, and I actually walked out in all of my lovely maturity and was like, God, I would be so happy if I never had to deal with this child ever again outside of Friday morning seminar, because this is literally going to drive me crazy. As I'm saying that, God in all of heaven is laughing at me because I go to class Monday morning and find out he's in both of my Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes. And he's also in one of my Tuesday, Thursday classes. So I am now seeing him every single day for at least an hour. And him being an extrovert and loving people that don't agree with him decides to sit next to me in every single one of those classes. <laughs> so yeah. so. Eventually, I warmed up to him when I realized that his name wasn't Andre, and he very politely corrected me and told that it was Solomon. It was Solomon. But, you know, that's what happens when you meet people. A lot of people that look kind of sort of similar, not really, um, within a span of a few days, and you're expected to just know them. So, yeah. But we ended up hitting it off, obviously, and um, just were friends for a while, and then we ended up, he ended up asking me out in like the most ridiculous way possible. It was hilarious. He literally walked up campus, he's like, would you just be my girlfriend already? And I was like, what? <laughs> really? That's how you're going to ask me? Okay, whatever. Um, let's go ahead and go to the next photo. Um, this is one of the last photos we got to take together. He took me to Millennium Park for one of our dates. We got to take a picture with the tree, and I finally got to see the bean. Um, but I, he is such a gentleman, and I cannot wait to bring him here to meet you guys. We're actually bummed that he couldn't come for part of Christmas break to be here, but we're, it, it is what it is. Um, but he is very, very sweet, and his family is very, very kind as well. I met, ended up talking with his dad literally the day he asked me out. We went to dinner, and his dad called, so I was like, all right, apparently I'm talking to his dad. Awesome. This is not awkward at all. But I have come to grow very close. Go ahead and go to the next picture. This is his mom. Her name is Carmen. 
Um, and I have actually grown very close with her. She's a very, very special person to me. And we've been talking while I've been here, and she is just praying for me and supporting me, and it is so, so sweet. Such an amazing person. Um, very, very blessed to have them. Um, go ahead and go to the next photo. They came to Candlelight Carol the first night for me, so they got to support me there, and it was so sweet. Um, so I know that there looks like there's like three of Solomon because they created photocopies, and I don't know how they did that. But those are his brothers. <laughs> um, so his brother Isaiah is behind me, and brother Philip is in the front, and his dad Daniel is on the other side of Solomon. And they're so sweet. Isaiah and I have inside like nicknames that drive uh, Solomon crazy, and it's 100% worth it. Um, but it's the middle child in both of us. That you know, it's, it's that second-born thing, but it is what it is. Um, but they are just very sweet. I ended up, go ahead and go to the next photo. I ended up spending Thanksgiving with them, and they had family from Canada come out. So I got to um, help his mom make dinner and just get to know the rest of their family, and I was so, so blessed to be able to spend that time with them. And um, go ahead and go to the next slide. I, they took me to my first Christmas tree farm. That was an experience. I was like, <laughs> we're going to a farm where they sell Christmas trees, and there was like a little... Like, I guess, like, festival thing? I don't even know what it is. I was like, what is happening? So we got to go there. It was lots of fun. Um, and I took this picture of them and really getting to know his brothers better and his parents better and being able to be introduced to his cousins. And apparently they went up for um, to go see uh, the, the same family up in Canada for part of New Year's, and apparently Solomon jokingly told his cousin Abby, who's the only girl in her house, so we obviously, they were like, uh-uh, you were like, we're going to hang out, we got matching pajamas while we were there, and apparently when I, they got up there for New Year's, um, Abby was like, dude, where's Cassidy? And Solomon told her we broke up to mess with her, and apparently she almost lost her mind, so that was, that was pretty sweet. I'm like, oh, that's very kind that she actually likes me. Um, but I had a great time with them, and I got to uh, watch the Littles. But it's a very similar dynamic to what I had growing up, so it was like nothing for me. Super, super sweet people. Um, go ahead and go to the next photo. The next part, um, this is my church. I actually have a home church in Chicago now, and I'm super excited about it. Um, it used to be an old Catholic church, but I believe Covenant bought it in the 80s, I want to say. Um, so this is Covenant Presbyterian. And I'm actually really enjoying it. It's very, very interesting um, coming from a very early background in the Lutheran church to coming to here. This is my happy medium that I found. Um, but I'm loving it. They do classes um, after um, they're done with the first service, as like an in-between. And they have adult classes, high school and middle school. And they also have children's church as well. And it's very, very interesting. We just got through um, one entire segment on how, basically, how do we serve disabilities in our church and how should we look at them through the lenses of scripture. And it was a very eye-opening thing for me. I'd never experienced it, and I'm very blessed that they have that. Go ahead and go to the next photo. Um, this is how they decorated part of the inside for Christmas. I wish I would have gotten more photos. They have stained glass through on both sides. It is absolutely stunning in there. Um, yeah, that's my church. 
It's very, very sweet. Um, and I, yeah, we've had a great time. My um, spiritual life and community prof, Dr. Mavis, actually roomed with one of the pastors that uh, my boyfriend and I have spoken with a few times. So we actually ended up talking to him about it. And it was so comical. Love David so much. Um, and just being able to talk with them, specifically those two, about how Moody was for them. Because everyone on staff at this church is also Moody alum. So we got to actually go and do a lunch. They threw a whole lunch for all of us Moody students. Um, just to bless us and get to know us. And it's been a very amazing time getting to know everybody that's there and how Moody was for them and just talk about, you know, yeah, things have changed. These are the good things and the not so great things. And basically just to be like, okay, how did it impact you and where did it take you? And it's such an amazing thing. One of the things I really feel very blessed about um, in Moody is the fact that we have such an amazing, amazing group of alumni. I can't even, like, one of the best um, alumni groups ever. Um, we still have alumni that constantly are on campus. A number of the professors are alumni. Uh, Dr. Maddox, my theory, my lecture theory prof, he's actually also an alumni, and we had the same college writing prof, so we were talking, we were joking about that in class one day. Um, but it's amazing because they can relate to us. And it's such a wealth of knowledge that they have, and they've all gone and done different things. My favorite professor on campus is actually Anglican, and I'm going to a Presbyterian church, even though Moody's technically Baptist. But it's, it's very interesting, and it's such a blessing to be there. And I would have to say one of my other favorite classes that I have on campus um, is my intercultural engagement class, and that really, it was just so amazing, because it was like I'm focusing on prayer in one class, and then I'm coming into this other class, and it really started changing my heart and my view for ministry and missions especially. And it has just been so amazing. Um, I have been working while I'm there. And I um, have been babysitting for a very sweet family, two little kids. They absolutely love me. The little boy likes to sing about how much he loves me. It's really cute. Um, and they're uh, four and two but I'm babysitting for them so that way the parents can run their small group on Sunday nights. So and it has been such a blessing for me anytime they've needed me on like any other time. They've always made sure to overcompensate and make sure that I'm getting back to campus good and such, such a blessing. Um, so now I'm going to go ahead and shift. So we're going to go ahead and pull up. Um, let me see here. Psalm 40. We're going to be reading through verses 1 through 8. I'm going to give them a second. Okay. And it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he reached down to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the mud, and he set on my feet on the rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. How blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust, and has not turned to the proud, nor to those who become involved in falsehood. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders in which you have done, and your thoughts towards us. There are no one, or there is no one compared with you. If I would declare and speak them, they would be too numerous to count. You have not desired sacrifice and meal offerings. You have not opened, or you have opened my ears, and have not required burnt offerings and sin offerings. 
Then I said, Behold, I have come. It is written of me in the scroll of the book. I too, or I delight to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. So this piece of scripture I actually came across when I was starting to get my notes and everything together. And it was ironic because as I finished typing this in there, I got a text from my boyfriend's mom sending me actually a piece of that. And I was like, funny, you're doing that. Um, but this piece of scripture is something that when I read through it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I feel like God has been doing in my heart. Through all of this, um, I really had to learn to trust God in a very different way than I had ever have before um, over this past season. I, I mean, obviously I bought plane tickets, hopped on a plane, I went to some new city I've never been in before, uh, for a few days, and then flew home, and then I moved there. And there is a lot of unknown that came with it, a lot of unknown. Um, it's been a little bit of a struggle. Uh, as somebody who prides themselves on being very independent, and after living on my own for two years, uh, not, no longer being financially independent has been a really big curveball. But I'm surviving because, again, it, it's pushed me to lean on him in ways that I've never had before. And there's been a lot. God gave me more than enough time to begin reprocessing through a lot of what I had gone through as a young child and a lot of what my family had just gone through. And um, along with Carmen, like I said, she's been a huge blessing for me. I've been able to start processing through and be like, hey, like I know where these problems are. I know where they started. Now I'm, I get the chance to go back through and say, yes, that was my experience but I need to match that with the word of God. Just because my experience is bad does not mean that it always is bad. Because the Bible says this, and this is what I have to stand on. Because experiences are always going to be skewed, but scripture never changes. And it has been such a blessing just seeing that. Um, one of the other kind of major things God has really put on my heart, especially for this next year, is to really change my prayer life. Being in that, that class really impacted me because I was like, am I, do I really pray enough? I've always struggled in prayer a lot, especially with having ADHD. It's really hard to quiet my mind. It's practically impossible. But it was something that I had felt that I'd really fallen by the wayside and through all the craziness, I'd not been taking enough time to do that and the Lord really began to show me and just be like okay this is how you can do this like we don't use liturgy in this church but it has a purpose and that was something that the Lord started showing me is like yes using the prayers of our of the forefathers of the faith is okay using liturgy if you just need some form of structure is okay it's not the word of God so always have that but if you just need an outline and you're not sure really where to begin, you can use liturgy as a tool to help aid you in that. Because most, like 95% of liturgy, actually let me rephrase that, all liturgy that's good liturgy that you should be using is actually based directly out of scripture. And that's why it was used by the early church reformers and the forefathers. That's why they did that. And my um, prof that was running that class that we were doing prayer in actually started a prayer meeting going through the common book of prayer. So I started going to that Wednesday mornings at 7.15 before class and um, just really being able to 
use that as a way to help me delve into that. Um, one of the other things that has changed for me a little, kind of a lot, um, is one of the first big changes. Um, as you can see, I'm wearing a head covering. Um, that is something that I started doing um, just because a random conversation between my boyfriend and my friend Rose. Uh, let me back up. My boyfriend's family is Romanian. His parents immigrated here from Romania um, like 20-ish years ago. They'll probably correct me later, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> but they're from Romania, so he understands that culture very much. And Rose, growing, although she's American, growing up in Romania, also has a piece of that. So they had this conversation about head coverings because over there, it is, head coverings are a big part of the culture, especially for married women. So they had this random debate right before I was having my regular time with Rose, and they had this random debate about it, and I didn't think about it for like a month, and then it randomly popped back up in my head, so I started delving into 1 Corinthians 11. I'm not going to pull that up right now. But basically, it's like, what Paul is telling us there is like, hey, ladies, you should probably cover your heads. Um, if you don't, it's a little shameful. But ultimately, it's going to be up to you guys as a church as to whether or not you want to do that. So for me, I did a lot of delving into that. I looked into many different sources as to what they believe and what they mean by that and came to the conclusion that no, it is not a cultural thing, which is a very popular view. It does not make sense for it to be a cultural thing. And he does say to leave it up to us, but we even see the Jewish people covering their heads before they will pray. And it tells us that we need to be covering our heads before we pray or prophesy. So for me, I was like, you know what? I'm trying to work on my holiness and my reverence, and I feel like I'm lacking in those areas. And in looking in testimonies, women who have said that they've done this, it has helped them to remember that they need to have a heart in submission to God. And one woman um, said that it actually changed her marriage and made it better because with this remembrance that, okay, I have to be submissive to God, I also know I have to be submissive to my husband. And in doing that, it, it changed her faith, it changed her marriage, and it had many positive effects. So I decided to start wearing head coverings Anytime that I'm in church praying, I know I'm going to be praying. We're looking into scripture. So basically, being in Bible college, I live in these um, <laughs> for the moment because we're constantly praying at the beginning, at the beginning, typically at the end of every single class, and we're constantly opening scripture, talking about scripture, talking about theological topics, and all of my homework is based out of the Bible. So it's been a very eye-opening thing for me very eye-opening thing for me um, and just how it has changed my heart because I feel like in taking that step, it made me more sensitive to, okay, how do I approach the word? We look at people in the Islamic faith and how they regard the Quran. Why do we not, knowing that we have the ultimate truth, why do we not regard it the same? Why do we not handle scripture the same? I feel like a lot of people just view it as another book especially while you're in school and learning out of it, it definitely can become a textbook if you're not careful. So for me, it has really changed how I regard scripture and how I handle it, which has then in turn really changed for me inside, like, okay, am I actually being reverent towards God? 
in general. If I'm not being reverent with his word, if I'm not being intentional with his word, how am I supposed to be intentional and reverent in anything else I do? Like, he is God. He could decide at any moment that I need to stop breathing. So we should really, you know, be watching that. And I'm not going to be like, okay, every woman in this room needs to wear a head covering. Not the goal, not my point. Because really, like it says in there, it's up to you. But this is a decision that I made, and I know how it's changed me. And it's a fairly obvious thing that I've changed. So I'm going to address it. Um, but that has been a really big thing for me that the Lord has really been changing. And I feel like because this was the first big thing that changed for me, all of the other things that the Lord has been doing about wanting me to be more prayerful in everything that I'm doing and just changing how I'm viewing people with disabilities and changing how I'm regarding scripture and, you know, how do we enter into the house of God for worship? You know, how, how do we decide what exactly it is that we believe about God? All of that that he has been working on and changing on and just, just moving in me has been a direct effect of being obedient in this one thing. And I think that's a, like, just being obedient in general has been a really big thing that has changed. I'm kind of a rebel child, but I do it in very sly ways. Um, so the obedience is very difficult because I'm that person that if I will go do the dishes, I have every intention of doing the dishes, but if I get halfway there and you tell me, hey, can you go do the dishes? My will to want to do that now decreases by about 70%. So the likelihood of it getting finished and getting finished well decreases a lot. Um, but it's really changed how, like, okay, should I be approaching God like that? Obviously not. He wants us to come with a joyful and willing heart. And when I tell you that I was very reluctant to go to Chicago the first time, I literally had no desire to go. So I was really open. Kevin and Tanya told me I was crazy originally. But I learned that that was not the proper way to handle that. And I learned that there are a lot of things that I do that are not the right way to handle things. And so I've had to change my thinking entirely on how do I look at life? How do I talk to people? How do I, how do I approach you know, a random stranger on the street? It has been a very um, eye-opening experience for me. And the craziest thing for me, like it didn't even feel like it was real. It still doesn't feel like it's real half the time that I even got to go, um, especially looking back because I'm like, 15-year-old me would have loved like, would have loved to know that this is what God had in store for me. It took me five years to get there. But God was faithful in that. And he has been faithful in moving and healing me from different things that I had to grow up with and that I struggled with that I didn't necessarily realize were, like, I, did, I had no idea, you know? I didn't know I came from a broken home until I was a freshman in high school. My parents had been divorced for going on, what is it, 16 years now? <laughs> yeah, my mom says, or more. But I didn't know. There were a lot of things I didn't know and didn't understand until I was able to actually take time away from here and to be able to see how God has been working in other people's lives and the, just the amazing people that he's brought around and being able to talk with them and be like, oh, that's not normal. That's, that's something I'm going to need to go pray about because not something I thought was going to be a problem. Um, but just learning, like, especially, like, my roommate. We're very different. I like things being straightforward. 
I don't like it if you try to be around, but just tell me. Just tell me. I do better if you just tell me. Be blunt. She, she's, she can't handle that. You have, to, you have to take time to gain trust with her and to be able to speak to her properly. And it was a big prayer of mine because she's also extremely extroverted, loves physical touch, and I am introverted, and I like physical touch from very specific people. Um, and it has been a huge prayer of mine just like to get to know how to learn how to love on these people the way that they need it and how to be more selfless in how I'm doing things. It has been very, very eye-opening for me, and I'm very grateful um, for the experience I've had so far. Um, I am very, very excited for this next semester as well. Um, I'm gonna give you guys a couple updates on that stuff now while I'm here, because I do have some information. Um, one of the biggest thing that's, things that's gonna be happening for me next semester is I'm actually going on two different tours with my chorale. Um, the Moody Chorale is actually a world-renowned choir. It is audition only, and only so many members get in. Every other year, they do a tour out of the country. So our first tour is going to be um, around um, just Chicago and some of the suburbs, most likely, um, around probably, I think they said, northern Indiana and part of Michigan. Um, we're getting official dates and times and places for all this stuff when I go back to school. Um, so we're doing that, and I'm super excited. That one's on the school. School's going to take care of everything for us. We've got our, our um, concert dress coming in as well. The second one, I'm actually going to be leaving the country. I don't know where yet, but we are going to be leaving the country um, for our second tour and spending about 10 days somewhere else and being able to sing and bless people there. Um, this one I am going to have to raise support on. Um, so I'm asking for anybody that is interested, um, please let me or someone else at the church know, and I am so I can get your guide. Please update the directory. That would be the biggest help. <laughs> please get your <laughs> the directory updated so I can go talk with Cindy for anybody who is interested. That way I can get your guys' addresses. Um, I'm going to be sending out support letters with all the information where checks need to go, how to mail it back in, the whole nine yards. We're paying for postage as well. Um, so that is the biggest thing that's coming up um, next semester. So definitely prayers for that. It's going to be a very crazy time. Um, I took vocal lessons last semester, and I'm taking piano lessons this semester. So I'm very excited to start that. Um, and I just have a whole, I've got new classes as well. So I'm doing New Testament survey, and the next classes that I'm going to be very interested to see how they work, I'm actually going to be taking church and its doctrines and how or studying and teaching the Bible. Um, so prayers for that because I've watched other friends of mine go through that and struggle kind of a lot. Um, so it's going to be a very interesting time, but I'm super excited to finally go through these classes. Um, but definitely prayer for that because they're pretty difficult from what I've been told. Um, yeah, and then just, um, just generalized prayer that I can continue to grow and stay diligent. Um, and that I stay safe and the students stay safe. So far, we haven't had any major um, emergencies on campus. We've become friends with the fire department, thanks to a Panini Press in the student dining room um, that has yet to catch fire, but smokes a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, other than that, we've been fairly safe, but definitely prayers for that. Um, I also learned that Chicago Police Department is extremely short-staffed, and they're 
what's on called reactionary mode. They are not allowed to go and patrol like normal. The only time they are allowed to go do anything is when there's a call. So they just sit there parked in places with their lights on. Um, and they have Cook County Sheriff's Office also coming and helping them as well. So just prayers for them. It's kind of a crazy time in the city. They went through a lot, a lot through 2020 and 2021. Um, and that's part of the reason why they were on this, like reactionary mode type thing. And it, it's, it's, it's a very interesting time to be there um, just to see how they're handling everything. But just continued safety there. Um, but yeah. Um, I have one more piece of scripture I want to read, and then I'm going to pray and invite the worship team up. Um, before I do that, though, the last song that we're going to be singing is called Great is Thy Faithfulness. Very classic. Um, Moody actually had part, or like another verse, if I'm not mistaken, an, a, like a, an, an extra verse to tag on to the end that um, is specifically about the school. We're not singing that one today. It's Yeah, it's very interesting. It starts, starts out something like, Praise God, the school that D.L. Moody founded, and talking about how Moody is God's school and God's only school. It's very interesting, very comical. But Great is Thy Faithfulness, the original hymn, is actually the un, unofficial, unspoken of Moody school song. Um, and I thought it was ironic that I'm like, I'm going to a school where the school song is about faithfulness, and that's literally how I got here. Um, so my biggest hope is that you guys... Just be reminded that like God is faithful. He's going to come through, even if you wander away. Um, he already knows. He already knows how it's going to work out, and he's still walking with you through that. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read Psalm 100, and then I'll pray. And then worship team, as I'm praying, I'll go ahead and have you guys come up, and we'll start that. So Psalm 100 says, Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with jubilation. Come before him with rejoicing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courtyards with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his faithfulness is to all generations. Father, we just want to thank you that you are a faithful God. Um, I just want to thank you that you gave me the opportunity to come today and be able to share my story for the first time with this church. Um, and just thank you for them just being a huge blessing to me since I've been at school. Um, and I ask that you continue just to watch over this church and keep everybody safe as we're driving home with all the crazy weather. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. Before you leave, we want to remind you that if you want to continue receiving updates on new sermons, that you subscribe to our podcast. If you want more information on how to contact us, make sure to check out our website at urringtonvineyardfellowship.com. And we'll see you next time on the YBF Podcast.